This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Pre-weekend positioning as that market continued to recover after its earlier losses this week. December up nine cents at 5.26 per bushel. Weekly U.S. corn export sales of about a million tons were in line with trade guesses. Harvest conditions look relatively favorable across much of the Midwest, and that did temper the upside. Wheat futures, they are up across the board. Minneapolis spring wheat hitting fresh contract highs. European wheat futures also hit fresh highs overnight, and that spilled into the U.S. market. Minneapolis up 13 cents in December at 9.73 per bushel. Kansas City up 11 cents at 7.42 per bushel. And Chicago wheat up 9 cents in the December contract at 7.34 per bushel. Weekly U.S. wheat export sales of 567,000 tons topped trade guesses, adding to the firm tone. That's a look at the ice futures and U.S. markets for Friday, October 15th. In Winnipeg, for Markets Farm, I'm Phil Franz Warkenton. When it comes to bailing, the denser, the better. Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John can show you how roll belt round balers produce denser and higher quality round bales that drive down your production costs while driving up the nutrition of your bales. A competitive comparison showed that New Holland roll belt round balers provide savings in net wrap, transportation, and lower storage losses. It's like being able to afford a new baler every other year. Stop by Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John soon to learn firsthand about the benefits of roll belt round balers the opinions expressed during this show do not represent those of this station if you've missed any of this show you can follow the podcast at energeticcity.ca now an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community this is moose talks with your host doug craig on moose fm Good morning. Welcome to the show. Today, our guest just uh, retired from a 42-year career in sportscasting. In that time, he did play-by-play announcing for the Vancouver Canucks, the Toronto Blue Jays, and uh, was the lead play-by-play voice for Hockey Night in Canada for the past several years. That's just a part of what he's done. Uh, For his work in NHL broadcasting, he was awarded the Foster Hewitt Award for Outstanding Contributions as a broadcaster in 2019. But the most important thing is that career all started right here in Fort St. John. So I'm very pleased to welcome today Jim Hewson to Moose Talks. Jim, thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us today. Doug, it is my pleasure. This will be the uh, this will be my last interview on retirement, <clears throat> and I thought it appropriate that I do it uh, in a town where it all got started for me, where I went to school and where I started my broadcasting career, but uh, once you retire, your yesterday's news in a hurry, and my 24-hour newsreel is pretty much done. <laughs> you were saying before the show you're pretty pleased about that, eh? <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Uh, you know what? There's some people are. I, I am so appreciative of people who can't, for a lot of different reasons, stop the treadmill and get off. Uh, I, I, I fully understand that. I was in a wonderful position to have a terrific job for a long time. Uh, I got to rehearse retirement for about a year here as the pandemic took over our world, Mm -hmm. and I was really good at it. So I decided that uh, I'll stay off the treadmill for a time. (laughs) 
<laughs> Wonderful. We're going to talk a bit about your retirement a little later, but uh, we we got a long career to talk about uh, first. So uh, you already mentioned it. Uh, you were born in Fort St. John, Jim. So you, tell us a bit about your early oh, life here. I was born in Dawson Creek, oh, which is apologies. blasphemy for people for people 47 miles up the highway. Uh, uh, born in Dawson Creek, my father and our family moved to Fort St. John shortly born uh, when they pushed the railway across the Peace River. Um, and so there were grain elevators that opened in Fort St. John, and that's what my father did. He ran the Alberta Wheat Pool uh, for a long time and was a million bushel uh, grain buyer, and so yeah, I grew up in Fort St. John ostensibly, and went to high, went to Central Elementary School, Bert Bowes Junior Secondary, graduated from North Peace. Um, so yeah, I was Fort St. John through and through. One of the things that I really noticed about going back up there to visit one time, not long ago, was that I used to, I used to complain and whine and ask for a ride down to the arena all the time from our house up on 104th. And uh, and I know that I was I just felt so hard done by that I'd have to walk it or I couldn't get a ride from my parents. And then I was there as an adult and thought, it's like about three blocks. It wasn't very far at all. Fort St. John was about 6,000 people um, when I was there. And so it was a small town and easy to get around. But it's amazing how I thought everything was so far apart and I needed a ride everywhere. So, Jim, tell me about uh, sports. When did you start to like them? When, when did that bug bite for the first time? Well, I played as a kid. I mean, we, that's where we lived, right? That's, uh, you guys know, in Fort St. John, there's uh, eight months of really hard winter and four months of soft ice. Uh, we just we played hockey. That's what we did. Outdoors, I lived up by the reservoir. Um, just down from the dog catchers and not far from the funeral home on 104th Avenue. Um, and we lived on the outdoor rink, no matter how cold it was. In those days, um, this, the uh, streets would freeze over with snow, and they didn't use a lot of sand. They didn't use any for that matter. So we actually played hockey on the snow on the streets and skated on the streets as well. Um, and then when we had the opportunity, we were down at the Memorial Arena, and that's where we played. So it was, you know, we didn't have an sports. I played a little bit of baseball, but uh, we just waited for hockey season to start again, and it usually came around in a real hurry. Um, so it was, uh, it was a real hockey environment. And at the time, the, uh, the Fort St. Giants were, like, in their heyday. It was prime senior hockey time, the halcyon days of senior hockey in British Columbia, where, uh, pardon me for rattling on about this, but it's, I'm so happy to, to relive some of these moments. But the, the NHL was six teams, the AHL was six teams. So there were a lot of really good professional hockey players who had nowhere to play. And, and, and in places like Fort St. John and the South Peace Hockey League, they would bring in really good players who had played on national teams, who had had your proverbial cup of coffee in the NHL or played in the AHL, get them a job at the co-op or they'd get a job at the bulk plant or with, you know, one of the, one of the companies in town that wanted to sponsor them and played hockey. And so we lived at the rink because the Fort St. John Flyers were a big deal. We didn't have any TV. We had one channel and most of the day it was a test pattern. 
Um, but the Fort St. John Flyers were a huge deal. And I grew up sitting with my parents with season tickets on a blue line and never, ever missed a game. So that's where, that's where the start of the love of hockey and the appreciation of it was. Now, I had no idea at that time it was going to take me where it has, um, but that was the seed that was planted. Jim, did you harbor any sort of um, aspirations of maybe turning pro at any time? You mentioned before we got on the air, you did play for the Golden Hawks, uh, which was kind of the junior team at the time. Did you think maybe uh, I'd love yeah. to play in the NHL one day? Uh, I can I can just hear somewhere in a car in Fort St. John, there's one of my old teammates that would be just laughing his head off <laughs> at, at that thought. Um, because... Uh, you know what? I could play. I could play a little bit. I was always the. I was always one of the fastest guys on our team. But there was a reason for that, uh, because I didn't need shoulder pads. I could get out of the way of a hit anytime, any place. I didn't, I didn't want any part of that, that part of the game. But I loved playing it and uh, played. Had some great years playing minor hockey up there. And I did play for a year on the Golden Hawks, the junior team that are the uh, predecessors of the Huskies. Um, I like everybody else. I would have had aspirations to play for the Flyers, but I wasn't going to be good enough to do that. And I, I got to broadcast some of their games, and that's as close as I got uh, to being on the Flyers. Um, but it was, uh, but then I sort of moved over and played rec hockey, did a lot of that up there. And, and to this day, it's the greatest, greatest game to play. I just realized at a very early time that I wasn't going to make a living on the ice. Mm-hmm. So then that uh, turns me to leads me to broadcasting. Is that why you decided to kind of do that instead? You still wanted to be about around the rink as much as possible. You said, "Hey, maybe I can tell people what's happening." Nah, I wish I wish it was as simple as that. It was just it, it there was never a plan. Um I was lucky enough to to be part of when I was going to North North Peace Secondary School, there was an English teacher named Jim Hoffman who was also my neighbor. And he ran, he, he taught us all English and just about everybody who went through school when I did up there uh, took English from Jim Hoffman. But he also ran the drama club and he got a lot of us involved in it. Um, so as part of our theater group, we did some radio plays and we would plan and record these radio plays and they would air on Sunday afternoon at CKNL and while I was doing those, um, and I'm a small town, everybody knows everybody, so I also knew Gene Daniels, who was the, the uh, general manager at the radio station, and through these radio plays, kind of got hooked up with the radio station and got a part-time job there, and I kind of thought it was pretty cool, because I was doing it. I'd read the news and the weather, and I would do some sports, and you know, like all radio stations, you did a little bit of everything there, mm-hmm. and one day... A guy named Mike Gray, who was the sports director. Now, sounds like a fancy title, but all radio station at the time, the sports director was the only person in that department, so he was the director, and he was the director of himself, and that was about it. Um, but Mike left, and there were very few of us left in the radio station that knew a puck from a football. And so <laughs> I got a chance to broadcast some fastball games. Uh, I got a chance to broadcast some hockey games, but the real... Clincher for me was I, I got a chance to broadcast a, a Vancouver, Vancouver, a Fort St. John Flyer, Dawson Creek Canuck hockey game. I loved it. And uh, 
So when the opportunity came to make a few dollars more and move out of Port St. John and go to a different place, uh, that, that was my ticket. I would have moved uh, and I would have moved for $50 anywhere and done any job. But uh, it was the job that was offered me was in Penticton of all places and it was a hockey broadcasting job. And so I took it and, you know, I guess the rest, as they say, is history. I started moving along, looking for $50 more a month, looking for a better job, trying to, and it wasn't always about hockey broadcasting, but it appeared at that point that that's what I was good at, and that was what was going to get me the $50 extra a month. So you made a few stops before you ended up in Vancouver, as I believe the in-game host was kind of your first gig there with the Canucks. Yeah, I would go down, and uh, Al Davidson hired me, and I would... Uh, go down before the games and do pre-game interviews and uh, do post-game interviews that would be fed into the broadcast. And that was my on on BC Lions football and on uh, on Canucks hockey while I was in Vancouver. I remember like the one of the craziest days, and I, it, I remember it like it was yesterday because it, it spoiled such an illusion for me. I went down in the morning to a to a pre-game skate. And the Philadelphia Flyers were the best team in the NHL at that time. It was the mid-70s, and they were the Broad Street Bullies, and they were bigger than life. And they, you know, I just, uh, I was impressed by them, the fact that they were cup winners. So I walked down the stairs with my little tape recorder over my shoulder. I'm going to go and interview some of the Philadelphia Flyers. And I turned the corner of the dressing room, and there they were, all of them, out in their, all of their regulation blue underwear, smoking cigarettes <laughs> every one of them because <laughs> they thought this is a this is how the nhl works huh the guys were all having a dark before they went out on the ice but that's those were those days that was the time uh, and that's what i would do i would hang around those guys get some interviews and they would get played back and then eventually i got a chance to fill in for jim robson and do some playback play Awesome. Well, we're going to talk more about your time with the Vancouver Canucks because it kind of came to be one of your defining moments, but we're going to take a quick commercial break. So more with Jim Hewson right here on Moose Talks right after this. Change is constant. At Arctic Welding and Machining, change has focused on sustainability, using new technologies and solutions to cut our carbon footprint. We've switched to recycled glass blasting material and have upgraded our diesel air compressors to electric to reduce airborne pollutants. For 22 years, Arctech has been on the forefront of industry changes, evolving, upgrading, and remaining fast, friendly, reliable. Visit arctech-welding.com. Award-winning stand-up comedian Mike Delamont comes to Fort St. John with his acclaimed family-friendly comedy at the North Peace Cultural Center for one night only on Saturday, October 16th at 7.30 p.m. With one of the most popular clean comedy acts on tour today, his clean and hilarious style of stand-up comedy is perfect for everyone. Tickets to Mike Delamont's hilarious stand-up comedy show are available online at tickets.npcc.bc.ca, by phone at 250-785-1992, and in person at the box office. The North Peace Cultural Center follows provincial guidelines in response to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic and will require patrons to show proof of vaccination and wear a mask in order to attend this performance. What month is it? It's Cashtober! The Northern Environmental Action Team has decided that they want to line your pockets with cold hard cash. So 
all month long, the Neat Bingo Extravaganza will have even bigger jackpots. You can win up to $500 in Game 1, $1,000 in Game 2, $1,500 in Game 3, and $2,000 in Game 4. You don't want to miss out on these prizes. Tune in to the Moose FM Facebook page at 7 p.m. every Tuesday in October for Cash-tober. Get your bingo card at the Fireweed Market, Gateway SO, the Taylor Inn, and online at neat.ca. BC Gaming Event License Number 129127. Know your limit. Play with an at 19+. Plus. Hi, this is Ted with PIMS Production Equipment. If you're noticing your office phones are sounding quieter and maybe experiencing excessive background noise or static, if you're ready to reduce your business's phone bill, contact PIMS to modernize your phone system. You may be paying for more lines than you need. PIMS business phone systems feature mobile extensions, auto attendant, voicemail to email, and lots more. Usually the savings on your phone bill will pay back the new system within a couple of years. Let PIMS help modernize your business with the efficiency, productivity, and the crystal call clarity of switching to VoIP. Call us for a free quote. 250-787-0808. Be where your customers are listening. Moose FM. Call 250-787-7100 and ask about radio advertising. Watch this show live on Facebook or download the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Welcome back to Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. We're talking to retired hockey night in Canada play-by-play announcer Jim Hewson, who is from Fort St. John right now. Uh, Jim, right before the commercial break, we ended off, you had just, uh, in your the story of your life, if we can call it that, uh, you'd just gotten the job uh, doing play-by-play for the Vancouver Canucks. Were you a fan, or was this uh, just a job? Oh, I was always a fan. Uh, and I've always been a fan of people often ask me about that or like who's your favorite team what's your I have favorite players and I have different favorite teams it depends on who's playing the game really well uh-huh. I just like to watch the game played at the highest level and so you know with each year I have it's not fandom it's an appreciation for the teams that that play at such a high level like Tampa right now it's just the last couple of years have been fantastic to watch them play um, and I was like that as a kid the Flyers were spectacular they were just such a good team, and they were fun to watch every time they played. And they're, the, the guys who starred on the team were my favorite players ever. Um, so, yeah, it's always been that way for me. So even, you know, for the Canucks in the, in the 70s when I started broadcasting their games, I was appreciative of anybody who could make the National Hockey League. I was appreciative of the fact that they had a team, that they were competitive, they weren't the, you know, they, by 82, they got to Magic League, got to a Stanley Cup final. Uh-huh. But, you know, in the early years when I was broadcasting their games, they, you know, my first game, for example, was in 1979 in Montreal. And they never beat Montreal. I mean, it just, Montreal was so good in the 70s that, you know, a, a 2-1 loss or a 5-3 loss was a, seemed like a good result for Vancouver in those days because the Canadians were just so strong. So... Yeah, a fan of the game, but not necessarily a dedicated fan to any particular team. All right. So you settled in there. You're kind of doing uh, Canucks regional broadcast, doing the play-by-play announcing uh, for them. Um, you spent some time there. Then I believe you ended up at uh, TSN, and you started uh, kind of your next move was TSN, and then you ended up as a, a Blue Jays commentator. How did that come to you? Just, uh, again, more good luck than good management. Um, I got an opportunity first to broadcast the Montreal Expos games uh, in the late 80s. And 
TSN was a great opportunity for me because they had a cable hockey package and I got a chance to to move over there and got a chance to really sort of expand and do a whole bunch of different things. But I, I was still feeling like I was multifaceted. I could do pretty much anything in the industry. Um, but there were people who felt that because I'd never broadcast a baseball game, I'd probably never seen one. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had their doubts and I had to show that I could broadcast the game. So I had a, a couple of years broadcasting the Montreal Expos games and then was invited to move across and do the Blue Jays in the American League. And it was just at a time when they were taken off. I mean, the timing couldn't have been better. They won two World Series while I was there broadcasting the games. Unfortunately, we didn't have the rights uh, for the playoff games, in the, in, in particular the World Series. So my contribution ended at the end of the regular season, but it was still a fantastic opportunity and I still tease the guys that I used to work with to this day that I never broadcast a meaningless game Mm -hmm. which is really something in baseball when you think about it because teams are quite often out of the race in July or August and certainly into September but in the years that I broadcast the Blue Jays I never broadcast a game that didn't mean anything they either won or they were in it right till the final day so it was a it was a wonderful opportunity unfortunately what happened in the industries is that uh, the crossover season was too much. Uh, it was just too much of a crossover between hockey and baseball, and it became very apparent to me that I would have to make a decision between hockey and baseball, and I chose hockey not simply because of my roots and you know my, my Canadian roots, but uh, I like the idea that they play in the winter and took summer off as opposed to baseball where it's a wonderful game, but they insist on playing every day all summer. And so that was, it was a very practical decision in that regard. Now, hockey and baseball, uh, you know, for anyone who watches both sports, um, you know, it's kind of a different muscle, uh, the play-by-play that you're doing, because hockey's very fast. You kind of have to keep up with the play. Baseball, you get a bit more time in between things happening. So uh, was that a huge adjustment for you to kind of go from one where it's like, oh, this is happening, now this, now this is, to there's the pitch, now you got 30 or 40 seconds to essentially fill uh, before the next thing happens in baseball? Probably, probably more homework. Uh, maybe not much, but different kinds of homework because you do have a lot of airtime to fill. I always feel like baseball is the greatest social sport mm-hmm. that professionally is played because you can sit with a friend and discuss everything under the sun for a full afternoon and not leave anything unscathed and st- or untouched and still not miss a pitch. Or you, you know, if you're by yourself. I always used to say I could take a I could take a newspaper to the baseball game, watch the game and read the newspaper and feel fulfilled that I'd done both by the end of the afternoon because it's the pace of the game. It's just the way it works. Uh, hockey, you can't do that. It's very frenetic. You can't take your eyes off it. You've got to be watching all the time or you miss something. So in that sense, it was very different but very rewarding too because um, I was able to... To, you know, get to the, to the background and be able to talk to a whole bunch of players and, and do a lot of storytelling that you can't do in hockey because it just happens too fast. I was still, to this day, I'm always laughing at producers who would come to me every year and say, Jim, we got to do some more storytelling in our hockey game. And I, my answer is always the same. You just find me 15 seconds in there where we can tell a story. 
because it just doesn't happen very often. It just happens so fast. You, you, you just, you know, you can't do it because as soon as you start it, you miss something and a goal is scored and you lose both the story and the goal. So, uh, but baseball allowed you to, allows us to just tell stories to be, uh, yeah, just to, to humanize some of the people in the game and it gives you time to do it where in hockey you just don't get that kind of time. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I, I want to fast forward a little bit here, Jim, because I know uh, people my age, kind of 80s kids, who weren't, uh, you know, uh, Vancouver Canucks fans, who weren't in BC, I think the first time we ever heard your voice was thanks to the EA Sports NHL games, which you were the <laughs> voice of for a long time. Tell me a bit about how you ended up with that gig, because that, I would say, at least for me, that kind of brought you to icon status because everybody was hearing you then. It was really quite interesting, and it was really quite innocent, actually, because um, in the early days, in the early 90s, the video games were simply that. They were videos. They didn't have the, they didn't have the bandwidth, the capacity to put play-by-play in them. So in the initial year that I was the voice of EA Sports, um, the voiceover consisted of Welcome to Chicago Stadium and today's game between the Chicago Blackhawks and the Detroit Red Wings. And that was about it. They didn't have room for anything else. Mm -hmm. So a year later, they came to me and said, you know, we've expanded this IT. We have all of this room within the game to do real play-by-play. How are we going to do it? And I said, I don't know. How are we going to do it? (laughs) So we, (laughs) we worked on it together. Um, as producers and me, and, and, and so I was quite proud of it because we actually pioneered this. We actually put play-by-play into a video game for the first time, and I admit that the first couple of years it was a little bit choppy and it was difficult, but as time went by, we found a way to do different iterations of how you say it, said things and have different high notes and low notes so that you could stitch them together or the computer could stitch them together and make a sentence. And it actually became real play by play in a couple of years, but it was, it was a lot of hard work. It was a lot of thinking about how we could do it. And it was a lot of really, really tedious work, hours and hours of sitting in a phone booth, like um, studio reciting names and phrases. And the, the resulting product was very good. And I was very proud to be a part of it but I can tell you it's the most tedious work I've ever done in my life. <laughs> All right, Jim, I know you got to go, so we'll try and fit this one last question in. Um, I have to ask you, you've had so many calls in your life. Is there one that's your favorite? Can you tell me about it? Uh, no, there isn't, actually, Doug, because I, there have been so many good ones, and I'm often asked this question, I, and I don't really have one that stands out because I find that as I got better at my craft and I worked at it um, and I saw all these great games, some of the best calls, some of the best games that I was part of were when I had the good sense to shut up (laughs) and say nothing because television allows you to do that. There was one game in the 2012 Stanley Cup final, I think, where Los Angeles was beating New Jersey and they were going to win the fifth game and they were going to win it at home and the fans were going crazy we didn't say a word for the last three minutes of the game. And I think it's one of the finest pieces of work I've been a part of. It was all about the director and the producer. It had nothing to do with a great goal call or anything. I would tell you the best team I've seen play other than the Fort St. John Flyers who were led by Jimmy Anderson, 
was the 2014 um, Canadian Olympic team in Sochi. That is the decision, the finest team that I've ever seen play the game um, and may never witness anything like it. Maybe they'll put it together again for Beijing, but it, it was the finest I'd ever seen. But in terms of games and events, there have been so many of them. It's hard to differentiate one from the other, but it's been cool to be a part of all of them. All right, Jim. Well, I'm so pleased you took a few minutes to chat with us today. I feel like I could take another hour <laughs> if, if you were going to let me, yeah. but uh, uh, sadly, we got to go. Jim, I appreciate it. You enjoy your retirement. Thank you so much for talking to us today. Thanks for having me on today. My pleasure, Deb. All right, that's Jim Hewson uh, going off into the sunset now, into retirement anyway, here on Moose Talks. Uh, we'll be right back to wrap things up right after this. About to chuck that iPhone because the battery died? Don't do it. Christian here with Micro Consulting, where they can replace your iPhone battery so you can continue to stay connected, take work calls, and keep in touch with a girlfriend. Oh, here she is now. One sec. Hey, bae, looking forward to tonight? Want to come over and... Oh, g'day, mate. What's up? It's time to update those contacts. For new batteries, screens, and more, see Micro Consulting Sales and Service, keeping you connected on 100th Street and on Facebook. Parks, culture, news, business, community. The City of Fort St. John strives to keep you informed about everything going on in the energetic city all year round. Whether it's upcoming community events, construction reminders, project planning, yard waste and recycling, or important info for property owners, the City of Fort St. John will make sure residents are always in the know. To stay up to date, visit fortstjohn.ca. The City of Fort St. John, where nature lives, families flourish, and businesses prosper. If you're looking for hassle-free internet services, call the Peace Region Internet Society today. With coverage throughout most of the Peace, PRIS can get you connected quickly without the hassle of contracts or bundles. Visit PRIS.ca or call 1-800-768-3311 for more information. Our community first. This is Moose Talks with Dub Craig on Moose FM. Our thanks to Jim Houston for taking some time to chat with us today. Ah, that was so wonderful for me. I hope you enjoyed it too. Uh, if you missed this show or if you'd like to see it again, you will be able to watch the video on Moose FM and the energeticcity.ca Facebook pages shortly. You can also listen to the podcast version of the show. You can check out this podcast and other Moose podcasts. We've got a few on the go now. Uh, check them out at energeticcity.ca slash podcasts. That's our show for this week. Trey Lopashinsky is the producer of Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. Be well. Join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another episode of Moose Talks, a weekly talk show about Fort St. John and the North Peace. Energetic country. Energetic country. Crackle in the fall air, red dirt playing on the radio, Big Dipper hanging high up there, breathe in the backwoods and let it go. I ain't never been the church going time, can't quote much past 316, even though it's a Friday night, church found me. Sitting here, drinking beer, talking God, amen, killing time, living life with some down home friends. When the world's gone crazy, man. Gotta thank him for a little peace of 
dirt, little peace of mind from a cold one. Got a country angel, I don't deserve the kind that you never let go of. I don't know what heaven looks like. No, I don't think anybody does. If it's like down here, up there tonight, then there's folks like us sitting here, drinking beer, talking God, talking amen, God. killing time, living life with some down home friends. like and who the hell does if it's like down here up there tonight there's folks like us sitting here drinking beer talking god amen killing time living life with some down home friends
on the moose hey it's dub i hope you're having a great friday so far our spookiest house teal pumpkin project map is live now at energeticcity.ca slash halloween so you can go there now tell us about your spooky house so that other people can find it and come admire your work we'd also like a picture of it if possible as well if you happen to be one of those people handing out uh, non-candy treats we want you to go to that map and input your information as well so again on the big night people who are looking for non-candy treats can come find you around town and come to your house now there is an incentive for the spooky house part of this anyway uh if you do put your information in and provide a picture of your excellent halloween work uh you are going to be automatically entered for a chance to win a laptop courtesy of micro consulting sales and service we'll be giving that away at the end of this month so go to energeticcity.ca slash halloween for more information and to see the spookiest house and teal pumpkin project map right now did you call alaska highway autoglass yet what for your truck windshield it needs to get fixed why it's been like that for months i know but we're heading into winter now so we need to get that chip fixed before it gets bigger or turns into a giant crack right it's already a crack isn't it i'm on the phone got a windshield chip or crack get it fixed before winter hits at alaska highway autoglass they even do icbc claims stay safe this winter with alaska highway autoglass the crack stops here call 250-787-0032 the north peace leisure pool has a variety of activities and programs happening throughout the year this month there's plenty happening at the pool for the whole family here's what's coming up october 26 marks the 25th anniversary of the north peace leisure pool come to the pool and celebrate 25 years of aquatic fun with prizes and activities that the whole family will enjoy see you at the pool for the full schedule of programs and activities at the north peace leisure pool visit the city's website at fortstjohn.ca Thanks for listening to this EnergeticCity.ca podcast. EnergeticCity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join.